0: As many of you know, 13-year-old Danny Hauser is now back in Minnesota with his mom. They were recently fugitives from justice because a judge in Minnesota ordered the boy to be submitted to chemotherapy against the wishes of his own mother. And they were on the run for quite a while. They're now back in Minnesota. In the meantime, the press has been talking to Billy Best, a survivor of not just chemotherapy, but also of the police state system that essentially sent out uh, a manhunt trying to find him and bring him back to Boston to face chemotherapy when he did not want chemotherapy. Billy Best was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma when he was 16 years old. He used natural therapies and his body's own innate healing ability to overcome that cancer, and he's now alive and well 15 years later. He joins us by phone tonight here on Natural News. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is Mike Adams, the editor of Natural News, joined today by an individual who I consider to be a heroic person, Uh, should be given great honors here in our free country. And well, we're going to find out how free it still is. His name is Billy Best. He, like much like the 13-year-old Daniel Hauser, was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma when he was a teenager. He fled chemotherapy treatment, took responsibility for his own health, and is alive and well today, 15 years later, to share his story with us. Thank you, Billy, for joining us today uh, here
1: on Natural News. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's an honor to be able to speak with you guys.
0: It's, it, it's really our honor, too. i got to say, you know, I, I saw your video on ABC News. I, I've heard that you've been hounded by the press since then. Most of the mainstream media is not agreeing with your position or what you did. Uh, I happen to agree with it very strongly, but for those listening, can you explain uh, your, your background, give a little history of exactly what you went through?
1: When I was 16, I was diagnosed with cancer, and when I, when I got home from that, diagnosis at the hospital in Boston, um, you know, my family was crying, and I thought they were crying because I just got diagnosed with cancer, but they were actually crying because my Aunt Judy died uh, from chemotherapy poisoning. So it was really hard, you know, seeing what she went through with the chemo, how sick it made her, and then what happened, and now I was just going to start that myself. So I didn't have, you know, the faith that some people have in chemotherapy but it was, you know, going to help me. And that, you know, that, you know, lack of faith was, it got worse. The more I did, the more chemo I did after five rounds, I'd lost my hair, lost a lot of weight and just, it's, there's a, there's a taste involved like your body, you smell different. And it's, you feel like a toxic experiment. It's not, it's not pleasant at all. And, uh, I didn't have faith in the therapy, and I thought that the chemo was going to kill me. Um, I didn't know about alternative medicine. The doctors said the only way you treat cancer is chemo, radiation, and surgery. And I didn't want, you know, I didn't want the surgery. They wanted to take out, you know, my spleen, even though I had no cancer. And I thought, well, I think, you know, like God made me with a spleen, so I'd like to keep it. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, you know, I, I ended up... Being so desperate that I left my parents a note, told them that I had to leave because I felt like chemo was killing me instead of helping me. And I took a Greyhound bus from Boston to Houston, which um, you know, it caused that over the next couple of few weeks it was a, you know, national media event where, you know, they were looking for me. Like, and people who saw the story had information about natural medicine. They, sent it, you know, they sent it to my family, they saw a story, and they said, you know, here's a boy that ran away, um, you know, good for him, this is some information that your doctors won't tell you, because they don't know, it, know about it, and so, I ended up calling home, and my parents said, if I came home, I didn't have to go back on chemo, uh, because they found out about a bunch of different, new different ways to, uh, you know, treat cancer naturally, and if I just agreed to check them out, then... Um, You know, they wouldn't force the chemo. They wouldn't make me do the chemo. Right. So over, you know, after reading hundreds of letters um, and so many people agreeing that diet was very important for someone with cancer, um, so I changed my diet so that I wasn't eating red meat, white flour, um, sugar, or dairy products. You know, so just pretty basic, like just general kind of guidelines, a lot of good vegetables. But I also did a tea called F C A C. Um, Effiac tea, and it, you know, it it has got a lot of nutrients in it, but it also helps clean toxins out of your body. Um, but the main therapy that I found, uh, the one that I ended up using that saved my life, was called 714 X, and it's from Canada, and it's, um, you know, it's a solution of camphor, nitrogen, mineral salts, and you inject it into your lymphatic system. So you pretty much, I mean, the, the it sounds complicated, and I was overwhelmed when I first heard about it. I thought you know I, I you know i I probably need to go to some kind of medical school to learn how to do this um but it's you know it wasn't it was pretty simple a very small needle uh small amount, but the um you know the basic idea for natural healing course that I was using was to build my own body build up my own body so that the the I could beat the cancer how my body wants to be, like, naturally. Like, every day, you know, you have cancerous cells and things coming into your body. Everybody does, and it's your healthy immune system that, you know, fights it off and keeps everything in balance. Um, But when you become overwhelmed, that's when you start seeing the symptoms, you know, you start seeing the swollen lymph nodes and the tumors.
0: I I was going to say, what's really interesting in listening to you describe all this is that your grasp of knowledge of the healing potential of the human body greatly exceeds that of a doctor coming out of four years of of medical school. I mean, conventional medicine today remains, even 15 years later, remains completely ignorant of the things that you just described, that you discovered and used 15 years ago. Do you still find it amazing that modern medicine hasn't caught up to what you learned as a teenager that saved your own life?
1: Conventional medicine has failed us in so many ways. And You know, their ignorance of how cancer works and how the body works, I can only blame the pharmaceutical industry. Sure. They're the ones who, you know, finance the school. They're the ones that, you know, write the books. They write the books. With what the doctors learn. The doctors are awesome. Doctors want to help people, you know. Yeah, you know, they want to make money too, but... The doctors that I've met and I've known, they've wanted to get into cancer because they want to help people, you know, Uh and it's just what they're, I believe, it's just what they're taught and, um, you know, it's been going on for quite a while, I think since, you know, like the AMA started, like around the turn of the century and, you know, we're at a point now where, you know, you can look around, you see, you know, people taking money out of their pocket to do natural medicine. Because they don't believe, you know, they don't want to. They don't want to take a pill. Like people are sick of seeing, uh, you know, commercials. Oh, you have a headache? Here's a pill. You know, if you have, you know, some kind of dysfunction, here's a pill. They don't. People aren't falling for it anymore, and they're realizing that, you know, what? Maybe if I had a headache, it might be because uh, I need rest or I need water or something like that. You know, let's try something something a little less aggressive than just putting drugs in my body. Yeah. People don't want to be, you know, they don't want to have to rely on drugs. They want to have access to natural medicine if that's what they want to choose to use to heal their own body. And with this case, with this Danny Hauser case, I mean, I can't, I can't believe that, you know, to, to me, the way I see it is the government, you know, the authorities are saying... We know what's best for you, and we can force it on you. And this is talking about cancer, something that there is no cure for. They have not found a cure. Even if they did have a cure, and so this is something that 100% it will make the cancer go away, and your mother, you know, says, no, she doesn't want it for you, I would still stand up for them because it's, it's just their right, you know, to... Choose the way they want to
0: live. Well yeah, exactly. I think what what parents need to recognize now is that we, when they walk into a doctor's office with their child, they are in essence uh, surrendering uh, surrendering all ownership of that child to the state because now the state decides what happens to the child and the, if the parent disagrees, the parent becomes a fugitive from justice. I mean it's it's insane.
1: it is. And I've been interviewed and they asked me, You know, they they close the interviews with, do you feel like it, do you feel it's right what she did? Is it right, you know, the situation that's going on? And I say, no, you know, there is no right. It's not, there is no right in this situation. I, I don't care what the law would say if it was, you know, this mother's protecting her family. Sure. And, you know, doing what's best for it. And, you know, I, I, there's no right or wrong,
0: you know? Let me ask you this question about your own history. Uh, and It's relevant to Danny Hauser here. Doctors are saying that if he doesn't get chemotherapy, he's likely to die. But if he, if he gets the chemotherapy, then he has, I think, a 90% chance, they're saying, uh, of living. And I know you've already talked about this before. But my question to you is, if you had continued with chemotherapy when you were 16 and not discovered these, these natural approaches to, to staying healthy. Do you think you would be alive today?
1: If I continued with chemotherapy, um, you know, because I thought about this, and being honest to myself, um, I believe the cancer would have gone away, and I believe that, you know, in about maybe 5 to 10 years, I would start suffering the side effects of, that, of the, the chemo, which is, you know, a weakened respiratory system, uh, secondary tumors, there's all, all sorts of devastating side effects from that chemotherapy. Sure. Um, but yes, as far as the symptoms of my cancer, I think the symptoms would have gone away. But, you know, that also opens up why I developed cancer in the first place. But I think it can cause the cancer to come back. But as far as, in addition to coming back and then I would have other, I would have to deal with other kinds of cancers from the treatment because they do cause cancer and you have to sign that. Just the most memorable thing for me is, you know, when they're, they're saying, okay, here's the, you have to sign this paper because your son's going to start getting chemo. And, you know, my mother read that list and cried because she's like, you're doing this to my child. And I asked Colleen, you know, I was like, well, how did you feel when you had to sign the list of, you know, the side effects of the chemo? And she's like, I cried. I can't imagine any mother not. You know, I think that, I think chemo has its place. I do think for, you know, very aggressive tumors or very, very large tumors, you need to, you know, it's time to call, it's desperate, desperate times, call for desperate measures. And that, I believe, is when chemo should be utilized, but only because a natural therapy might take a little longer, and... Like If this cancer is obstructing organs, are going to you know kill you before the therapies work. I think it's good to have chemo then. Yeah, I
0: yeah, I see what you're saying.
1: And that's just me. I'm not a doctor. I'm just thinking of a body and thinking of, you know, but not for everything. For every single cancer, they give you chemo. And it's, uh, you know, it's very, very aggressive.
0: I like what you said about uh, you were asking what perhaps contributed to the cancer that you experienced when you were uh, 16, which makes me wonder what is your diet like today are you are you on a healthy diet do you do you still avoid red meat white sugar white flour dairy products and so on and do you take superfoods do you do medicinal herbs do you what what's your diet and in, uh, dietary intake like today
1: well today i'm recovering from a memorial day cookout where i ate nothing but every single kind of meat you could imagine oh my uh that's not every day. Every day is not like that. But no, my diet—I have not uh, maintained a strict diet. Um, you know, since my cancer went away, I stayed on the diet for six months after the cancer had gone away, and then I kept a pretty good diet recently. Uh, my diet has not been good.
0: Do you—is that uh, perhaps due to due to stress surrounding this event, or was it, is it completely unrelated and no, something?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this event in particular. This event in particular has been, you know, very tough. As far as even you know, just getting the right amount of sleep and stress has been huge. It's you know, I've, I think I have a pinched nerve just from being so worried uh, about this family. But uh, in general, no, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a role model today, as far as you know, diet and all that stuff.
0: But you know, you know how to do it. You know how to get back to it if you choose to, right?
1: Yes, yes, and I do, I do go through periods, you know, like, in the winter time, I, you know, definitely eat a lot differently because it's, you know, you're eating at your house more often. So, like, you get to, you know, when you go to, when I go to the supermarket, yes, I get, you know, I love garlic, I love, uh, vegetables, I I don't, I, I don't do dairy stew, that's one thing that it's just, it doesn't agree with me. Like, I, I'm, uh, I'm, like, half American Indian and I think, uh, just from genetics, I, I think that we like don't deal with dairy well. So that's something I, you know, that just ended up. I didn't like the way I felt when I do it, so I stopped that. Sugar, sweets. I don't have much of a sweet tooth still. Um, and white flour is hard to escape. You really have to, uh, you really have to try and get away from that.
0: Oh yeah, it's it was interesting to hear you say that. I'm I'm part American Indian too, and. You know, I've been off dairy for almost 10 years now. It never agreed with me either, but I, I never knew it, it was the dairy. You know, sometimes these, these symptoms come up in our experience. Uh, sinus stagnation, for example, or even, you know, cancer. Cancer can be a symptom of all this too, and we don't know what causes it. But when we change our diet like you did, then suddenly we do feel better. But the fact that you were able to do that is remarkable because at that age, especially, very few people have any kind of awareness of what they're eating and how it's affecting them. Uh, my question here is, to, to what do you attribute that? How were you able to, to notice all this at such a young age?
1: Well, these are things, like I said, I had you know, thousands of letters pouring in from all around the world of people giving support, sharing all this you know, different thoughts about diet, different thoughts about you know, the way food is made, the way food is processed, you know, how it's cooked. You know, whether it's raw or if it's, you know, heated up, the amount of nutrients that are lost, you know, with, with the heating of cooking, like all these very, like, you know, very intricate things. It's like, okay, well, if I want to, you know, have an egg, yeah, that's good, but, you know, I can't fry it or, you know, scramble it. I have to boil it or poach it because it's just, you know, you get into so many different things, like free radicals and, it was the people that took a story they they saw a story on tv about a kid that was in trouble and they took time out of their day to write a letter to help that right. i attributed to the world i mean the world because they i mean from around the world people sent letters and shared all this information mm-hmm. with me and that's the only reason i found out about it you know we weren't i don't remember having the internet when i went through this you know like like it is today like it's everywhere this information now, it's like, if you know what you're looking for, you can find it. But back then, it's like, who? I would never have known about this. Uh,
0: what about the media today? How are you uh, being treated by the mainstream media? And uh, For example, do you think they give you a fair interview, or are you being blasted by the media for daring to speak out against chemotherapy? What's what's happening today?
1: The media is the same. The media is the media. It's not the truth. It's... Um, you know, it's it's a, it's a it's a biased truth where you just, you have to know that, and I think everybody knows it. Nobody thinks that everything they see on TV is true, as far as them and I. Um, you know, the media and I. I'm grateful for them because, you know, they're the one. That's how we're getting awareness about this. You know, it's it's these things people won't hear about it unless they see it on TV. You know, everybody has come up to me lately and said, "I saw you in the news. I saw you in the news. It's great what you're doing." So. I mean, if they weren't covering it, then I think people, and I think this is the most important thing about the story, what is changing people's opinions. They hear about this 90% cure rate for this kid, and they say, you know, people are saying, well, let's just get him back and make him do it. You know, is the family crazy? What are they thinking? It's 90%. He's going to get better. Well, when I was in court and I listened to all the experts, doctors, talking about the actual truth about that statistic, you know, there's certain factors that come into play. Okay, 90% cure rate for Hodgkin's at his stage with the, you know, the, the treatment that he using is ideal. That's an ideal number, which doesn't apply, you know, everybody is not ideal. So then they say, okay, the chemo is going to do half the work and it's your attitude that's going to do the other half. If you agree with it, if you like, you know, if you, if you believe the therapy is going to help you then it's going to work better. And he didn't. He did not believe in the therapy. So the, the 90, you know, it goes down to, well, maybe 45. You know, maybe it cuts his chances in half. And also, now that he's been away from treatment, which is another thing that was discussed in court, you know, beginning with chemotherapy, stopping treatment, and resuming it, your chances go down again. Okay? So that's the, the, that's the truth behind... The ninety percent that they're talking about—that's his chances. And the other part, that is the thing that breaks my heart the most, is his, is listening to his doctor say that if he doesn't do chemo, he has a five percent chance of survival. Because he—that I just don't—I don't think that any sh- anyone should be able to tell tell anybody that, especially you know a young man. They give you—they're like you know, well, sorry, you're going to die.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, any anybody who if you understand mind body medicine and the the way that children tend to look at the authority of doctors, you know, telling a kid that is almost like a death sentence. it's it's almost condemning him to die if he doesn't agree to the poison. I agree with you. that that is bad medicine, regardless of whether it's legal.
1: Yeah, let's try uh, let's let's uh, you and I get together, all right. We'll try a new case study. Where we just take perfectly healthy people and tell them that they're going to die in two months of cancer, and we'll see how many people just—they, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die—and they just talk themselves to death. Because I think there, I think there is something between the mind and body. I don't know if it's that extreme. I'm using a very extreme situation. You know, yeah. it's not to be taken seriously, but I do believe that we, you know, don't know anything about medicine as far as you know the conventional doctors we would be better off without them
0: if these doctors were telling you and this is astonishing to hear you say this they were telling you that the chemotherapy will do half the work and then your belief has to do the other half if they say that about chemo why can't they accept that as being true about something else maybe herbs do half the work and your belief does the other half with herbs too i mean. Isn't that remarkable, the double standard that they have?
1: Yeah, and that, and that example with the, you know, treatment that does half your attitudes the other half, that is the only similarity that I ever saw between conventional medicine and this alternative, holistic, natural way of looking at it. Um, Gaston Naissance is the man who invented the 714X, which I took, and he told me the same thing. He said, I've, you know, developed this therapy that will strengthen your immune system, but your belief is gonna take your belief in it and your attitude is gonna take you the rest of the way. He said, I the a therapist. half, your attitude zero half. That's the only thing that I ever saw in common between conventional and alternative medicine. Was that mind that mind body relationship.
0: Can I ask you about your uh, have you been in communication at all with the uh, the Danny Hauser family, or is that something you're comfortable talking about?
1: Well, I don't have any news to report. It's uh, I've you know briefly spoken um, with his, with one of uh, Danny's sisters. Um, I haven't talked to Danny or Colleen or um, the father, and there's really no. I mean, there's no news really. She was just telling me they're back. She said they were back. Um, right. She didn't say if they were at home. So I don't even know. I don't. Even, I mean, I'm watching the news. I'm like everyone else, watching the news, trying to see what's going on.
0: Um, do you Do you think that, just in your opinion, based on your experience, uh, do you think that the judge will drop the uh, the case that you know the mandatory chemotherapy requirement and allow this family to make their own decision with their own freedoms without the interference of the of the state? What What do you think it's going to happen here?
1: You know, I don't have enough. Insight or knowledge about the case, or I don't know the judge well enough to make an opinion of whether or not he's going to throw the case out, but um I do feel, you know, like he, he was very, he seemed very fair and he was very, uh, you know, concerned about Danny and making, you know, him as comfortable as possible. I don't know, I just hope maybe he hears this. Maybe he hears, um our interview and, you know, he, Thinks about things a little differently, but
0: along those lines, don't don't you find it astonishingly arrogant that a judge at any at any moment would would uh, intervene in the rights of a parent and and criminalize the parent for having a, an opinion that differs with a conventional uh, cancer doctor? I mean, don't you think he, that the judge stepped over the line at the very beginning of this? Isn't isn't that a isn't that a violation of the family's constitutional rights
1: because of this story was uh you know involved with the state, if you were in the courtroom you would um definitely i think not think as badly about the judges it seems like are because you know the state I mean, they had a team of five they had a super squad of lawyers you know trying to trying to get this kid back on chemo they had the most they were brutal i mean this is it was probably the five, you know, best lawyers in Minnesota, I'm guessing. I mean, it was, their arguments were great I mean, they were so, you know, so good at what they do.
0: Okay, that, that, well, that's good to hear. But who, you know, you mentioned these high-powered lawyers. Who is paying for these high-powered lawyers? And, and who has such a, a financial stake in all of this that they would pay for five high-powered lawyers to argue this case?
1: Well, I mean I can only guess that it's the government and that it's uh you know, to protect the pocketbooks of the pharmaceutical industry. Because if people start going out and using natural medicine to heal their cancer, this is a billion dollar industry that's down the toilet. And a lot of people are out of out of jobs. But I mean I don't want that. I don't I don't want that to happen. I what I want is for us to start to work together. We keep shut I mean, the conventional you know, medicine is kind of. It seems like they reject things like no, 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 no. You know, we're doing. They're they're doing the best they can. They get all the money, and actually, I'm sorry. I don't wanna. I don't wanna go down this road. I'm trying to stay calm, and uh, I don't want to at this point <laughs> talk about this. I'm sorry.
0: No, it's okay, Billy. I I like your idea of working together. Do you, do you think that would take the form of maybe uh, cancer clinics starting to use uh, like you know, wheatgrass juicing or anti-cancer herbs in conjunction with chemotherapy as a protection against the side effects of chemo? Is that...
1: Well, I'll tell you... Okay, I'll tell you a little story. I did something a little less than a year ago. I went to Dana's father and I said, okay, is there any way we can start some kind of emergency drug release program in our country? Because I keep hearing stories of people who come to your hospital... And you send them away because they're either too sick and they can't get chemo, or you've already given them too much chemo and the cancer is not going away, and they have to stop. And they say, like, you know, I know, I know people that have been sent home to die. They say, you're going to die in two weeks, and they, you know, start doing natural medicine and get better. So I asked, the, you know, I asked the guy at uh, Dana Farber. I said, what, can we do stuff to uh, maybe? Have a program like this, you know, I mean, cause I use natural medicine and, you know, I just a program. Instead of tell- telling someone they're going to go home and die, why can't you just maybe write a prescription for this stuff and give them, uh, you know, a chance? Sure. So he said that, he said that we have programs, we already have programs like that in effect and it's, uh, using Chinese medicine to counteract the, the side effects of the chemo. And he's like, so we're already doing that. And that was, I mean, after, you know, a few meetings with him, that was, his understanding of what they were willing to do as far as complementary medicine.
0: So it was it was only in conjunction with chemotherapy, not.
1: You're right. Yeah, you're right. It's 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 things that complement conventional medicine. Things that you know make the chemo a little more bearable.
0: Right. Not not like something to try separately from from chemotherapy. Not. In other words, they weren't acknowledging that maybe herbs have no. their own.
1: No. Just keep... The pharmaceuticals coming. Keep new cancer drugs, you know, things that are expensive that you patent and make money. And they treat the symptoms of cancer, but never actually, you know, the cause of cancer. Like, what causes cancer? Instead of, instead of just making a tumor go away, I can't even figure out why the tumor came. You know, maybe you live your power lines, maybe you, you know, drink polluted water, I don't know, maybe you're stressed, maybe you have anger. I don't know, but there's all these things that we don't know about, and um, I just feel like, the con- I feel like the conventional mainstream medical community shuts all these doors. They shut all these options, and, you know, everyone knows when you shut all the doors and you shut all the windows, you just imprison yourself, and you're stuck, and, and you know, we're in a time in society, just in, in the world, I mean, things are not looking good, and I think it's, I think... Things are going to start to change for the better, and I really feel like this case. I mean, it is about Danny, and it's about him getting better, and his family being able to choose what they want to do. But I think it's also, uh, you know, bringing attention to the the fact that you know our, our medicine has failed us, and uh, it's time we time we really look into other options.
0: Uh, now, you have you've invoked a, a lot of personal courage. In, in going public with, with this message and this interview and other interviews that you've done. Um, what would you say to people out there who are listening? A lot of people are gonna be listening to this, Billy, and they, they may feel like they don't have the same courage that you do, or they don't have the ability to change their diet like you once did. What would you say to those people who, who may be suffering from uh, an early cancer diagnosis right now and they don't know what to do? What's your advice to them? I mean, not medical advice, I'm not saying that, but personal experience advice.
1: My advice to anyone that is, um, you know, going through cancer and trying to follow a natural plan is not to be too hard on yourself because um, we are only humans and we can only do so much. If, if you strive for perfect, you can go nuts trying to be perfect and you'll never get there, but you can only do so much, all right? As long as you believe in what you're doing and you, you know what I'm saying? As long as you know what you're doing and you're working towards a goal, that's good. Just don't beat yourself up.
0: Well, it definitely, it definitely worked for you. And what about, what about those who are concerned about their health freedom? You know, you, you've been very strong in speaking out uh, and stating your opinions publicly, and some people are afraid to do that, but they're concerned about their freedoms, especially if they are parents. Uh, what would you say to people who, who don't know what to do about freedom?
1: There's a there's an organization that I think is great, and it's called the National Health Freedom Coalition, and it does that. It, it you know it, it's protecting our free. It, it's exactly what it says. It's the National Health Freedom Coalition. They're here to protect our rights to choose what we want to put in our body as medicine, and keep the governments like it's pretty. I mean, keep the governments in the roads and bridges. You know, let me choose my medicine, body. It's I mean I don't understand what the problem is. Why, you, why do you have to go to court? Why is there a family on the run? It's my body, let me do it. It's my medicine, let me do it.
0: Well, you know the argument in, in this Danny Hauser case is that, of course, the, you know, if the, the argument is that if the parent isn't making the, quote, correct decision, then the state has to intervene for the safety of the child. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've been challenged with that question many times. What's, what's your response to that?
1: You know there's a mother doing what she believes is right nobody i mean i i don't know it's tough i know we need courts we need laws we need this but i mean nobody nobody knows what they're thinking except for them you know she has her own very unique background and she was raised in a certain way that nobody else was raised and she understands the world differently than everyone else and so does her, her family and this is their choice
0: well i i really want to respect your time here um is there, is there anything else that you'd like to add to, uh, to those listening?
1: Just that, um, you know, i on uh, coming coming and talking to you again shortly once I find out exactly what's happening, you know, with, with them. And, uh, you know, just keep them in your prayers. Life is tough. Life is tough when you're young. When you're young with cancer, it's not good. And when you're on the run, it's just, you know, it's very tough. So just uh, I think everyone that's listening to this program is probably on our wavelength, but if people aren't just, uh, you know, I don't know, just, just pray for them.
0: Well, I want to thank you, Billy, for what you're doing here. and, And, and just let you know with the strongest intention that I can, that your voice is really important here. And I'm so glad that you're, you're, able to do this interview and i hope you keep speaking out even against the critics even against those who say that you're giving out wrong information i say stand your ground speak your voice you give strength to so many people never forget how important you are in shaping uh, people's beliefs about this
1: thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, you know talk to many people about this and you know i'd love any time to come back on the show and uh, you know you,
0: well, again. Well, you're very, very welcome, Billy. You'd be welcome here anytime. And please let us know if there's anything else that we can do, even our listeners or us uh, right here at National News to, to help with uh, you or the Danny Hauser case. We'd be happy to, to do what we can.